socks. Go, 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 go. Let's go, 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 White Sox. Chicago is proud of you. This is White Sox Weekly, the Chicago baseball conversation on the new flagship home of the Sox. 720 WGN. What a week for the Chicago White Sox. Zach Collins gets the call up, takes a walk at Wrigley Field. How cool is that? Then he goes out to dinner afterwards with the family. His dad cried when he got called up, and they go and have a celebration at Giordano's afterwards. That's just a beautiful way to start your White Sox career. Collins is going to be coming up on the show here. Uh, Zach Collins, Nick Madrigal on the program today, along with Rich King, who is down in Texas, White Sox, and the Rangers coming up here. I'll have the pregame show for you at 7.30. And then Andy Mazur, Darren Jackson, the first cup, first pitch tonight, right around 8 o'clock. But, uh, yeah, let's go back into the Wrigley Field part of the week. And let's go to the ninth inning. And it's a 1-1 game. And Aloy Jimenez is coming to the dish. And uh, I'm sitting there. didn't Wasn't working that night in the stands, and I turned to the guy sitting uh, that I'm sitting next to, and I said, he's about to hit a bomb. I'm predicting two-run homer right here, Aloy Jimenez. And, uh, yeah, I've been wrong before, but I wasn't wrong on this one as Eloy was ready to rock and roll with the big bomb. A high fly ball into deep left field. Schwarber turns and looks, and it's gone! Eloy Jimenez has just hit a two-run bomb. And it's 3-1 to White Sox. Jimenez floats around the bases here at Wrigley Field in his first ever game against his former team. I don't think his feet have touched the ground yet. There will not be a better feeling for him. He will remember that home run. It's just one you just want to remind your former mates, look what I can do. So, how cool is that? His first game at Wrigley Field, everybody knows the story, traded by the Cubs to the White Sox for Jose Quintana, who got smoked around the ballpark today. Quintana has not won in his last nine starts. Don't want to rub salt into the Cub wound here, but these are the, these are the realities. Dylan Cease, of course, is, I don't know, Perhaps going to be up with the White Sox this year. I don't know. I don't know when I say when, but uh, sooner than later. And Eloy, highly motivated to do well wherever he's at. But that had to be super sweet. My favorite part was he had that little skip right after he left the batter's box. That was a guy having a lot of fun, and you you got to be happy for him. It was just so it's so it was so cool. And listening to that reaction ton of White Sox fans at Wrigley Field on Tuesday night and Wednesday night for that matter but just a ton of White Sox fans invading Wrigley having a great time and getting the payoff right there what a, I, to me that's my favorite part so far of the rebuild 312-981-7200 curious from White Sox fans where that ranks for you but I thought since the rebuild has started that was the sweetest moment I mean you're in Wrigley Field you're going up against the gorilla that is the Cubs and there's the guy that you traded for, and he just hit a two-run homer in the ninth inning, stamping, I thought, stamping that, uh, yeah, by the way, we're at a different level right now. It's only going to get better, and this guy is a flat-out stud. 
This was Ricky Renteria as uh, he's looking around the dugout and seeing everybody going nuts. Oh, those guys were extremely excited. I'm sure you guys caught it on camera. You know, uh, they're elated for for that young man. He's a great kid. You know, with a lot of energy and a lot of joy in his heart. And I think everybody, you know, gravitates to him. It was, it was just a great moment for the team. It was a great team win today. It was so cool to see everybody going nuts. Not that you would expect anything different, but that was awesome. Everybody celebrating Eloy, who's as likable as they come. And James McCann giving him the high five coming into the dugout. I love that little low five action. I don't know why I get so excited about that, but I love a good low five. A little thrust. It was beautiful. And uh, this was Ricky talking about, uh, yeah, that big homer. He loved it. We were hoping he'd be able to get a pitch that he could handle. He obviously did and, and was a big blow. Uh, I thought it was well played, pretty much well played ball game throughout for both teams. And, um, you know, fortunately we came out on top. And indeed, that was the big blow. And, you know, the Cubs came back and won on, on Wednesday night, so it ended up being a split in the series. Uh, but just to have that moment, uh, I, you, you can't, you, you want to see evidence of what's coming. You want to see evidence in the biggest moments. You want to see evidence on the road against a team that's trying to win a World Series. And here was Eloy spoiling the party on. Tuesday night. This was Ricky's uh, reaction to seeing Eloy getting all happy and Eloy's emotion. Ricky enjoyed that as well. You could see that he was filled with uh, a lot of excitement about what he just did. And um, you know, again, here's a young man who's who's getting to the big leagues now and, and getting tested. And, and he had a really nice uh, um, at bat there and was able to drive out of the ballpark and, and put us in a good position. So uh, hopefully, again, those moments are continue to trend in that particular direction. And um, continues to get better. Continue to trend in that particular direction. They trended well last night, a couple of knocks, as the White Sox were able to take Game 1 versus the Rangers, 5-4. to four. And just one more from Ricky here, and just Eloy showing up in the big moments like he did on Tuesday, like he did last night. I hope so. I, you know, he's, he's done some, some big things for us in a short period of time that he's been here, putting together you know, much better at-bats, and um, hopefully it's a trend that continues. Um, again, he's so young and just scratching the surface and hopefully continues to evolve and develop as a player and, and becomes one of those guys that everybody you know kind of relies on in big moments so young so scratching the surface it's a beautiful thing i i uh i i felt privileged to be in the ballpark on tuesday night i really did that was uh that was not expected i was not working got an invitation to the game brought the girlfriend that would be my fiance actually She's sitting there in her Cub hat. I'm like, I'm rooting for the White Sox, just so you know. And it was it was awesome. Hey, head to the park for Dollar Hot Dog Split Double Header on Wednesday, July 3rd, as the Sox take on the Tigers at 110 and 710, brought to you by Securian Financial, who can help you make every moment count. Find more at securian.com. For tickets, visit whitesox.com slash dollar dogs today. 312-981-7200. Was that your favorite part of the rebuild, by the way? I just want to I, I want, I just wanna hear. I want to hear some enthusiasm from Sox fans from that experience on Tuesday night. Uh, and also head to the park after work for bleachers and brews. You get one bleacher seat and two beers for $22 all season long. You got to be 21 and over with a valid ID. Bleachers and brews presented by Budweiser to purchase tickets. Visit whitesocks.com slash brew and enter that promo code brew. You can talk to Rich King coming up here and talk to you. 312-981-7200. Eloy getting it done. And last night, Zach Collins with the big three-run bomb. White Sox Weekly, 720 WGN. You know, for Zach Collins, we're pulling for him here. But I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll settle for a single and an RBI. Yeah, that'd be great, too. Shh.
Don't tell anybody I said okay. that. I won't. And he hits one in the air. Deep right center field. Turning and watching is Santana, and it's gone. A three-run bomb. Welcome to the big leagues, Zach Collins. And it's a 3-2 White Sox lead. They call that easy power. Zach Collins with a nice, smooth, yet aggressive at the same time swing, if you will. His first plate appearance was a walk, but his first at bat goes down as a three-run homer. That is a way to uh, introduce yourself to the ball club and introduce yourself to the big leagues. Rich King, WGN-TV Sports, is down in Texas and talked to Zach Collins last night along with the rest of the White Sox. Rich, good to have you on White Sox Weekly. Appreciate you. And, uh, yeah, that, that must have been... Good to be back after a victory, especially. Yeah, right? How, how, what was it like in that clubhouse last night? I saw you, you know, butting up to Zach Collins. He, he was a happy Zach Collins, for sure. <laughs> Well, I assume it was a great story, wasn't it? He was in shock when he ran the bases. Uh, great moment for him. The Sox were down in the game. He came back and erased the deficit with a three-run shot. What a way to begin the major leagues, a walk and a home run. And the White Sox in the game were important, and he's a happy guy. His fiance was here last night. Uh, they got the ball for him, uh, made a trade with a fan. So it was a great night and a great end of the game, too, with uh, a, a safety squeeze. Uh, winning the game for the White Sox. Uh, Ilmer got it down, and a great, but it was. That's not easy to do. Uh, after he, he, second time around, too, they called it twice, got it down just enough, put it down the line to get that run in, and the White Sox win 5-4, to four, and they are now, as you well know, just one game under five hundred. Yep, chance to get back to five hundred tonight, Espana and the mound, and uh, first pitch right around 8 o'clock right here on 720 WGN. I... What did uh, I, on that play? I thought Eloy deserves some credit too. It's not easy being the, the runner at third. You got to know when you can go and when you when not to go. And he he knew to go. Well, I asked Gilmer about the play after the game, and uh, of course he was very uh, humble about it. He said they practice it all the time, but that is a tough play to do. You got to get that ball down just far enough. And you're right. Uh, good base running at third base uh, uh, got the run in. So they say they practice it. It worked out. You know, Ricky Renteria likes to use that play. It's kind of old-fashioned baseball. Usually, nowadays, most managers let a guy swing away, but it worked last night for the White Sox in a big way, and they won the game. They're out two and zero in extra inning games, and a big win because the White Sox. You know, if you look at their record recently, they they took a series from Kansas City two games to one. They split with the Yankees, split with the Cubs, and now they won the first game here in Texas. Now it's not a great matchup tonight. They have a tough opponent in Lance Lynn, but all in all, the White Sox doing pretty well. They're twelve games better. And they were last year at this time. So things are falling into place in a big way, and happy to see it, obviously. Yeah, see, I was talking to some White Sox, uh, one of my good friends who's a huge White Sox fan before the show today, and he's asking me, what do you think they're going to do come the deadline, and what, what would you do? And I'm saying that, look, th- the success right now is great. Being one game on, under 500 is a huge improvement. Uh, you're hanging around the wild card chase at four back, but you know it's, there's a lot of teams there, and you would you would anticipate that teams like the Red Sox would add on, maybe even the Rays would add on. Who knows what the Indians are going to do? They actually could be in sellout mode. But the way I'm seeing this, Rich, is that you have an opportunity to deal some guys from your bullpen who you might get uh, paid real handsomely for, especially with Colome. You might even have an opportunity where you can deal Abreu and tell them that, hey, man, you can go win a World Series 
and we're going to bring you back. You'll have the best offer from us in the off season. Uh, and so I don't think you know I don't think the White Sox, at least upper management, was looking at this year as a playoff year. And we're not quite there yet. I mean, we're middle of June, but it's going to come quickly here. If they're in this similar position, around 500, couple of teams in front of them, four or five back, what do you think they'll do? I think they'll pretty much stay stay the way it is. The only guy I think that could possibly move would be Corlemay because uh, obviously a great relief pitcher. A lot of guys want that. A lot of teams want that. I don't think Jose is going anywhere. I think he, he is so valuable for this team, and I know the upper, upper management that clubhouse experience that he has and what he does if you hang around the clubhouse as i've done for the last two years you see the impact i mean he speaks spanish and obviously i understand a little bit of it because they speak a lot of idioms but uh jose is the leader of that uh, group there and he keeps uh, this team loose and in shape and he also keeps a little uh, discipline on this team so i think he's staying i think i'll offer him a contract uh but colome could be the guy that that, that goes uh, uh very much having a sensational year uh, got that sinker to perfection, so he's very valuable. Uh, you know, he can see it because he obviously, but they got the guys who could fill in. You know, Aaron Bummer could fill that role, the other guys. So uh, maybe Colum is the guy that would be the guy that if they gave you get a real good deal that they will make that trade. Yeah, and I listen. I I don't think they'll deal Jose Abreu, but I'm a cake and eat it too guy, Rich King. To me, that's cake and eat it too. <laughs> you trade him, you get value, you bring him back. I mean. Look at the Yankees right now. They traded Araldis Chapman to the Cubs. They st- they stole Gliber Torres. I don't know about stole, but they got great value in, in yeah. Gliber Torres. He's crushing baseballs. And the New York Yankees closers are all this Chapman. They brought him back. I mean, if if you're that's that to me is you know hitting a home run plus if you can do something like that. And I and if if Jose would be down for it. I, it'd be something to consider, at least. But uh, I, I, again, I'm not. I'm just, you know, just spitballing here. I don't know if that's. Well, years ago, years ago, the White Sox made the mistake of uh, trading some of the guys who were veteran players who were clubhouse leaders. You know this for a fact, and and it backfired on them. So, uh, if you disturb the clubhouse, I think it, it it's really rough. I mean, that, that there's a good in there right now. They're a very happy team. They really are. They are hanging around these guys, and uh, and everything's on the upswing. So uh, you don't want to uptip the apple cart too much. There are leaders besides Abreu. I know uh, McCann has become a real good leader. He's a real hard-nosed guy out there, and he uh, he uh, can uh, lead that team very well, too. But Jose Abreu is so valuable. But I'd like to see him end his career here with the White Sox. Uh, certainly has been a fixture for so many years. Rich King, WGN-TV Sports with us here on 720 WGN. So that, that's, that brings up an interesting minor dilemma as well. Good problem to have. James McCann's playing phenomenal. You just brought up Zach Collins. You want him to play. He can play. He can catch. He's catching tonight. He's going to catch Despanier. Caught him in AAA. It seems like a good fit for this evening. He can play first base, and he can DH. And Zach's coming up on the show a little bit later today. Uh, how would you divvy up? How do you think they'll divvy up his playing time? Well, I think McCann will get most of it, obviously. And he'll be the, obviously the guy once a week or twice a week. And he's a DH. He can DH also. He'll get more time than uh, um, maybe if he couldn't DH, you know, then he wouldn't get a lot of time. But I think his bat is big. Yeah, defensively, he still has some ways to go. He's not a, uh, that quite experienced behind the plate to the point where they have a total trust. But he's growing. And you look at these guys, and it, it is a growing process. I mean, I did this, started this webcast games two years ago. Interviewing Bummer and the rest of these guys, and even guys like Tiago Vieira, uh, who uh, first year I interviewed him, I said, uh, "Hey, what do you have uh, besides the fastball?" I said, "It's a secret." 
<laughs> well, he had nothing beside the fastball. Now he's got a little cutter and he's got other pitches he can use. He's been back and forth in the minors and the majors. He's blossoming. Uh, guys are coming on. You know, Chase Fry, another example, guy that came on. And there's a bunch of guys like that on there who can who can fill the need. So it's a, it's a very deep, deep system. And the fact, Ricky Renteria, at the end of camp we were talking about, he said that it's been the deepest uh, in many, many years here. You know, in the minors, look at the – Palka's got 15 home runs down there. Yep. Now Danny Mendix hitting 270. John Jay, who's a veteran, who's hitting 367. He's about ready to come back. And Dylan Cease, they've got a lot of guys down there. And we still yet to, to show what they can do. So this is a very deep system, thanks to the management here. And uh, they're on the right track. So we'll see. But, uh, but a lot of interesting things. You know, baseball, as you know, is crazy. A lot of things can happen. Uh, trades happen you never think of. So uh, you, you take your you take your mind off nothing. You keep your mind on the games. Rich King, WG. Which is going to be tough tonight because they got a they got a tough matchup with Lance Lynn, who's like his record here, Mark. He's three and one against the White Sox lifetime, two point four nine. He's got eight straight uh, uh, quality starts going for him tonight. So Odrisa Madrid, a couple of tough outings for him, alone too. So. Let's hope the White Sox can uh, turn this thing around and make the upset tonight. Get the uh, upset. I mean, I love it. Let's go. Let's have. Let's throw a nice big challenge out there, and hopefully, uh, Despagne can can pitch big tonight. Gets guy like that, I root for. Rich, right? He gets banged around uh, up and down the minors. Gets released by the Indians, and here he is. Uh, he war- He went out for to warm up on Sunday at like twelve fifty four. Gets to the bullpen, throws some light tosses, and then there he is on the mound. Eight pitches. Okay, let's go. He's got a little bit of an unorthodox deal going on out there. Yeah, he does. Uh, you know, but uh, that's the way it is in baseball. You, you bounce around, you get your chance, and you get a chance again with the uh, the White Sox this time. Uh, veteran guy from Cuba, but you know it. Uh, it doesn't bode well. If you look at this game on paper, it looks like a Rangers win, but of course they don't play the game on paper. So the White Sox can turn this thing around against Lance Lynn and get some early action. Yeah, they got a pretty good. Uh, Larry Garcia's back tonight, which is a plus. He's been out with that those sort of legs. And uh, so the White Sox have that potent lineup. You look at that lineup, the more you look at it, the more you realize how good things have fallen into place. You've got some real quality bats in there. Mankata, Abreu, uh, Aloy in there, and Tim Anderson, and McCann. He's not playing tonight, but it's it's a pretty potent lineup. So I need to give a night, even though a good pitcher like Lance Lynn's on the hill, a White Sox can explode. Let's hope that happens tonight. They, it's a very cloudy day and very humid day here in uh, Texas, but they seem to wait to hold off till after the game, which is a good thing for everybody. Hey, Rich, before you go, you mentioned a second ago that you, you've been doing the webcast for the spring training games for a, a while now. You, you've seen this un- entire rebuild unfold. I thought that Eloy's homer on Tuesday night was the best part so far of the rebuild. You're on the road. It's the ninth inning. You're playing the Cubs. The Cubs traded Eloy. Uh, you know, you're, you're taking on the 10-pound gorilla over there, Hunter, 1,000-pound uh, gorilla, whatever, and here's Eloy, you know, hitting a two-run shot and the White Sox dugout going nuts. I, it, that, to me, has been the highlight so far of this current rebuild. No question. An eradicable memory for everybody, both the Cubs and the White Sox, because they got burned, the Cubs, and, uh, you know, Quintana didn't pitch very well today either. Nope. So uh, that trade all of a sudden looking very good for the White Sox. But you're right, that was... It was a sweet moment. Let's face it. Uh, that was a, such a great uh, clutch hit. Wins the ball game. And this young man who was, and again, I, I think you've seen like 35, 40% of him. I, I think the best is yet to come, which is saying a lot. This guy can really, 
uh, jump on the ball. So, yeah, you're right. That is a signature moment. That, that'll be the moment you look back in the season. And, uh, you know, depending on what happens the rest of the way, could be the highlight of the season for the White Sox in terms of, Certainly, in terms of emotion, right? It, it it'll make the highlight reel by at the end of the year. That's for sure. <laughs> where, yep. where where it ranks, who knows? But right right now, it's 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 pretty damn right up there at the top. Zach Collins was sweet last night too. All right, I got to take a quick break, Rich. So thanks so much, and uh, we'll we'll talk to you on White Sox Weekly down the line. Enjoy the ball game tonight down in Texas. Drink lots of fluids, pal. Don't don't uh, you know? Well, take care of yourself. Uh, I feel great. Always a pleasure. Great to be with you. Thanks, Rich. Appreciate it. Rich King, WGN-TV Sports. Quick timeout. Coming up after 6 o'clock, Nick Madrigal will lead things off for us as uh, he's now in the two-hole at AA Birmingham. That's next on White Sox Weekly 720 WGN. At the wall, the 380, gone. A three-run homer for Tim Anderson. 3-1 White Sox. Back to White Sox Weekly on 720 WGN. 720 WGN, the first round traffic is on the move. We talked to him about a month ago, and uh, Nick Madrigal was at single A, or high single A, I should say, the Winston-Salem Dash, and now double A Birmingham, living the Birmingham Barons life. Nick, first off, congratulations. I I know the uh, promotion had to mean a lot to you, a big validation of how you started the year. Yeah, thank you. Um, Yeah, I mean, I was excited to get back with this group of guys. you know, last year I finished with most of the same team in Winston-Salem that's now in Birmingham. So, um, I mean, I got a lot of close friends on this team. And, uh, yeah, once I got here, you know, I was excited just to see those guys, definitely. And so you get in that clubhouse, the level is elevated, and you just – you've had a phenomenal start to it, Nick. What would you say? How come you've been so hot? Um, You know, I, I really think it's the same game. I mean, I feel like – Maybe the pitching, they throw a little bit harder, um, you know, maybe a little bit better stuff. But, um, I mean, I, I felt like, I, you know, I could play at this level, the next level. Um, I mean, it's really the same game. I felt prepared, um, you know, from the first time I stepped on the field at this level. So, um, you know, I really didn't think too much of it. So did I just hear you say, I feel like I can play at this level, the next level, and, of course, you feel like you could – I mean, do you feel like, hey, if they drop me in the big leagues right now, I certainly would like to see how I would do. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I feel like I, I feel ready at this point. Yep, I, I feel comfortable. Um, you know, it, I don't know. I mean, going preparing in the off season this year. Um, you know, I feel comfortable right now. I mean, even in spring training, um, you know, playing alongside those guys and um, I mean, facing major league pitching. Um, I, I felt comfortable back then. I mean, I feel comfortable now. So, um, yep, I, I do at this point. Did the wrist bother you at all starting the year? No, it didn't. It didn't. Um, not at all. I'm just. I'm remembering back here, Nick. I feel like you got off to at least a slightly slow start, right? People were people were writing on Twitter, "What's wrong with Nick Madrigal?" And you're like, "Hey, relax, there, guy. I'm a Twitter person. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm fine." So, what what would, what would you say? Per, you know, what was going on? You know, I, I think if you know a lot of people that follow baseball know it, how long of a season this is, and. I mean, if you watch Major League Baseball, I mean, there's going to be months where guys don't hit that well, and then they get real hot. And uh, I know, I mean, I, I didn't worry one bit of it. Um, I mean, I was, I felt like I was hitting balls hard, just right at people. And uh, you know, a lot of people that follow along with the stats don't really know the whole story. Um, uh, you know, the game of baseball. So, you know, I know there's always going to be people like that. I felt comfortable from the beginning of the season to now. I knew, you know, come around. So. I don't know. It's just the game. That's the way it works. I love the confidence. It's awesome. 
What's uh, what's Omar like? What's Omar Vizquel, your new skipper, like? Yeah, he's great. Um, uh, like I said, last year, you know, I got to play for him for a little bit of, over a month. Of uh, course. So I was familiar with him, um, even in spring training, working with him. Um, yeah, I mean, he's great. Um, you know, he, I enjoy playing for him, definitely. Does he ever say anything along the lines of, hey, uh, you kind of are sort of like me, at least, uh, I mean, you guys are obviously very different, but uh, but you're also both, you know, not you're not the six six guy running around out there. Yeah, I mean, we we kind of joke back and forth to each other. He, you know, he makes some small jokes to me sometimes, just kind of messing around, and you know, I, I line up trying to compare our height next to each other, and uh, <laughs> you know, he he definitely likes to keep a light um, around the field and off the field. So um, yeah, you know, it's been nice to even be able to ask him questions. Um, you know, I, I asked him if he, you know, bunted at all when he was in the major leagues and just kind of his small, he, he said a small ball was a big part of his game. And, uh, yeah, it, it's been nice to bounce some questions off him. Who's taller? I think he has me by a little bit. It just depends <laughs> what shoes he's wearing though. I would say. <laughs> <laughs> so if you went and this would be a weird thing to do, but if you guys were both, uh, not wearing shoes, you think he's got you by like a half inch? Yeah, I think he has me by a little bit. I, I think I'm still growing at this point, so I might have him in a, a year or so. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta eat your Wheaties, take those Flintstone vitamins. Uh, That's right. It's- so, I want to ask you. You know, you're you're familiar with all these guys, but but uh, Luis Robert just won the uh, MVP of the All Star Game down there, and you know this could be a guy that you're going to be playing with for a long time. Hopefully, what what uh, what's your impressions of how Luis is rolling right now? Yeah, he, he's looking really good, um, especially, I mean, to start the year in Winston. And, uh, gosh, it, it seemed like he couldn't get out when he was back in Winston-Salem. He, you know, he was on everything. Even now, it seems like he's right on everything. Um, you know, last year I got to see him a little bit. I, I know he was coming back from an injury, um, but I think this year he's a whole different animal. Um, the way he runs um, in the outfield and just his approach at the play, it, it seems like he. You know, he, he'll miss a pitch, uh, you know, the pitch before, and then the next one, it seems like he's right on it. And uh, you can see how much power he has to all fields. And, uh, you know, it's fun hitting behind him. It seems like he gets on base a lot, hits a lot of doubles, so it makes my job a lot easier. Um, you know, it's a lot of fun playing alongside him. Do you guys talk about that? Like, if he's on, are you taking pitches so he can run? Yeah, I mean, it just depends on the situation. We, we've mentioned that. Um yeah, it's funny. He, he got mad at me one time uh, for swinging at a pitch. I ended up getting getting on, hitting a double or something, but he thought he had the bag. We kind of joke back and forth with each other about that. But, um, yeah, it just depends on the situation. If he has the bag, I'll, I'll make sure not to, not to swing. Continue the conversation with Nick Madrigal after a quick timeout here. How about that? Just Madrigal and Robert playing around. I, he's mad at him. Buddy, I had that stolen. Madrigal hitting a double. See your future, be your future. Those two are going to be a guaranteed rate at some point here. Uh, not necessarily this year, but uh, certainly down the line. All right, quick timeout. More with Nick Madrigal coming on back here. White Sox Weekly, 720 WGN. <music> 720 WGN. Hope you're having a great Saturday. What a beautiful, beautiful day to enjoy the city. Mark Carmen with you. 
As White Sox Weekly continues till 7.30, we are in the middle of a conversation with Nick Madrigal, Zach Collins, coming up after 6.30, and then after 7 o'clock, we're going to have Scott Merkin on the program. Merk will join us uh, from the ballpark down in Texas. Uh, White Sox fans, join us as the Sox take on the Tigers. Wednesday, July the 3rd, that's a 110 first pitch. First 20,000 fans will receive a Jose Abreu Silver Slugger bobblehead that's powered by Constellation, America's energy choice. Purchase your tickets today by visiting whitesocks.com or call 866-SOX-GAME. Nick Madrigal is hitting 378 so far at AA Birmingham. He was 0 for 4 last night batting in the two-hole. Luis Robert leading off. Robert last night was 1 for 4 with a home run. Uh, Luis is hitting 304, looking phenomenal down there. So, as we continue our conversation, Madrigal's hitting in the two hole in back of Robert, who's got speed. And so, Nick's got to try to let him uh, steal a bag here and there and also have some success for himself putting the ball in play. So, is that hard, Nick, to you know focus on? A base runner out there, and then focus on the pitcher and be successful. Do you is it is something that's a big challenge for you? Um, yeah, I, I think it just goes back. If I if I have one strike on me, obviously two strikes. I'm be swinging. Uh, I mean, early in the count, I feel comfortable with taking a strike um, if he has the bag. So, I mean, it doesn't bother me too much. I mean, I like to steal bases, and uh, I know that's a big part of his game. So, I mean, if he can get on second base, I feel like you know a hit will score him, and that you know, bring home a run. So, yeah, again, it just goes back to the situation. You'll obviously do whatever your skipper wants you to do, but do you have a preference between one and two? If you could, if if Nick Madrigal was picking where he would hit, which, which one would you prefer between those two? Uh, I got you. I mean, it's tough. I've, I've hit both throughout my life. Um, I don't know, you know. I, you know I've gotten comfortable with the two-hole. Um, you know, I'm an aggressive hitter. Um, I don't know, but I've, Growing up, I've probably hit more leadoff throughout my life, so I don't know. It, it just depends. I, I really don't have a preference, preference at all. I just got to tell you, Nick, the reason why I asked that question, because I see you as a leadoff guy, and I'm like, eh. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, and, and as somebody, yeah, it, you know, in, in my esteemed uh, softball slash uh, freshman B baseball career, <laughs> I always wanted to hit leadoff, so I'm, I'm campaigning for you here, Nick. That's That's basically what's going on. <laughs> There we go. Yeah, yeah. I can definitely do it. There we go. But it is different, right? I mean, when you're when you're the one hitter, you're just trying to get on. When it, when you're the two hitter, there's just there's there's a lot more that goes into it, especially if a guy like Luis Roberts in front of you and he's on base. Yeah, I, I mean there is. Uh, yeah, like you said, I mean he, base running is a big part of his game. So you know, you kind of especially the leadoff spot. I think you kind of got to work counts depending on the situation. Um, you know, get on base is the main job. Uh, maybe if you're in the two hole, if he hits a double, you got to kind of move him over or try to get him in. Um, so yeah, it just depends on you know w- what time in the game. If it's late in the game, maybe you drop a bunt down um, in the two hole. Um, yeah, so it really just depends. So I'm just curious, uh, just a little off the field stuff. What what, what was the your, your your family's reaction to getting the promotion? Did your brother uh, call you up and say, uh, "Good going, little guy," or was he jealous? What what do we got going on? Uh, yeah, they they made sure all to call me and text me, and uh, yeah, they, they've been real supportive throughout my throughout my life, and uh, they, they're trying to make a trip up here pretty soon. I think I'll be able to see them. So um, yeah, it, it it was just you know a happy moment. They're all excited for me. Um, but yeah, I hope I can see him here pretty soon. And who let you know that you were going to Double A? Uh, it was Coach Jerish. Uh, he told me after the game. 
uh, one of the games in Winston-Salem, he just called me in the office and told me I was going up to Birmingham and uh, just the next morning hit a road trip for six hours and I was in and played that night. So, Is is that a weird yeah. moment? Okay, coach, hope I never see you again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, you know, it, it's one of those things. I mean, baseball is one of those games that everyone knows everyone, it seems like. I mean, if if I don't see him again, I, I mean, I'll see him in spring training or at another level. Um, it was the same thing last year in Kannapolis. Um, you know, when I got called up to Winston-Salem, Coach Jersh was the uh, coach in Kannapolis, and I told him, you know, hopefully see you soon. He, he joked with me and said, well, hopefully you don't, you know, meaning no demotion or anything like that. And sure enough, you know, he's coaching Winston-Salem. So, you know, it's one of those things you never know who you're going to see throughout the game. And, uh, you know, Coach Jersh and I really enjoyed playing for a lot. Um, so, yeah, I mean, in spring training, hopefully I see him a lot and talk to him. Um, but, yeah, we, we definitely had a bond there. Yeah, people, I, I, I hear all the time that people just love Jersh. Uh, he's perhaps, you know, someday down the road a manager in the big leagues type, right? I mean, he's super young to be doing it already managing, and it seems like, uh, I don't know, what, what, was your, what was your number one takeaway of playing with him? I, you know, I definitely can see him uh, coaching the major leagues one day. I, I think he does, does a great job of connecting with his players. Um, you know, it. A lot of people, you know, he's younger, but um, I think that almost benefits him because he can relate to the guys a lot more. Um, and, I mean, there's times, you know, he keeps it professional, but I think you have to do that being a head coach. Um, so I think his whole dynamic of the way, he, you know, he goes about, you know, preparing for a game and even after a game talking to the guys, uh, you know, he does a great job. Even during the game when he sticks up for his players, it seems like he always has their back. Um, so it's definitely, you know, I know everyone on that team really enjoys playing for him. Um, and, I, you know, I did as well. It's awesome. Uh, all right. So have you heard from, from Chris Getz at all in the last, uh, I don't know, couple of weeks? You know, I haven't talked to him too much. Um, you know, he sent me a quick little text. I think he's going to try to come out to Birmingham pretty soon. Um, but you know, we really haven't talked a whole lot. Okay. All right. I, I'm sure he's watching you. Uh, <laughs> any, uh, any remnants of Michael Jordan around that ballpark? There is, yeah. There is a lot of pictures up there. Um, it's kind of fun. We have we have an old deck of cards in the locker room, and uh, someone made the joke saying, uh, you know, these, these cards are sold. I think Michael Jordan played with them. <laughs> so it's just one of those things. kind of funny. We joke around. But, the, you know, there's a lot of pictures all up in the locker room of him. Are you too young to have seen Michael play? You know, I, I remember just catching him towards the end of his career on the Wizards, but I, I didn't see his, you know, prime prime time. Uh, you know, I, I've seen enough highlights. I could see how special he was, though. Yeah. It hurts my heart, Nick. That's my childhood right there. Let me tell you, it was, it, it, it was a lot of fun. Uh, all right. Well, here, congratulations. Great to talk to you, as always. Uh, I guess... Uh, I don't know. Maybe the next time we'll talk, we'll, well, you could be bumping up a next level. But uh, get get yourself rolling here in the second half, and uh, we always appreciate you taking time on 720 WGN. Perfect. Yep, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. So there you go, Nick Madrigal, the Birmingham Barons, getting ready to uh, play Chattanooga tonight. They lost last night 8-3, and who knows how long Nick will be at AA if he keeps on in 370. Maybe he gets one more level this year. Take the family. Out to the ball game with the family four pack. Receive four tickets, four hot dogs, four drinks, four chips. Starts at forty nine dollars. It's brought to you by Country Financial. Prepare for your financial future one simple step at a time, and take at takesimplesteps.com. 
For tickets, visit whitesocks.com slash four packs and enter that promo code value. Curtis, did you just tell me something? Uh, oh, thank you, Curtis. Appreciate that. Yeah, I appreciate that as well. Uh, the Nick Madrigal interview was sponsored by Mazda of Orland Park and ZoomZoomNation.com, where they'll always try to make your car shopping fun. All right, I sat down with Zach Collins a little bit ago, and uh, he's in the lineup tonight starting at catcher. He was kind enough to take some time with us uh, before his first ever big league start behind the plate. He was in the lineup last night as a DH, but he's starting at catcher tonight. So we'll hear from Zach coming up after 6.30, get you a check of news straight ahead. This is White Sox Weekly, 720 WGN. Zach Collins coming up after the 6.30 news, which is in two minutes. Uh, just to mention that the White Sox did indeed announce that they will be extending the netting all the way to the foul poles. Uh, they're doing that to not only uh, protect you, the White Sox fan, coming to the game, or if you're rooting for any other team as well, but they're also doing it for the players. The players do not want to feel like they're potentially are going to injure someone. They don't want that on them. So I think it's a great thing not only for the fans but also for the players. And do they really need netting all the way down to the foul pole? Probably not. But do they need to pass the dugouts? Yes, they do. The dimensions of guaranteed right field, the way it's laid out, those seats are very low to the ground. They're all the way down the line. Uh, it's, it's dangerous down there. And each year in Major League Baseball overall, about one, according to uh, one thing I read today, 1,750 fans are hurt by foul balls at MLB games. 1,750. I mean, that's not 17. Um, That's about two injuries for every three games. This was a study done by Indiana University researchers. Not my favorite school, but I trust them over there. Go IU. Um... Typical foul ball, enters the stands, 100 to 110 miles per hour. So, you know, if you're 90 feet away, down by third base, down by first base, right where the netting ends at the end of the dugout, you don't have a whole lot of time to react. And factor in that... Uh, and we know people aren't always paying attention. Right. I was going to say, factor in the, the chance that you're going to be on your phone. That wasn't the case when they started netting way back in the day. People weren't on their cell phones checking Twitter, checking Instagram, texting, and living their life. That's that's the reality of how we live now. Nothing wrong with that. That's what we do. It's just that you're taking, putting putting your face at risk, shall we say, if it, you're at a ball game well, and field level and down the line a bit. Let's see, the ball comes in at anywhere between, what, 80 and 100 and 101, 102, and it leaves the bat heading the other way how fast? 110 miles an hour. Yeah, it'll hurt. Yeah, you don't want that. No. In any way, shape, or form. So, anyway, the White Sox doing that this week uh, all the way down the line. They're, currently, right now, there are no parks that have protected netting all the way to the foul bowls. So the White Sox are the first. Jerry Reinsdorf wanting to protect his fans. Uh, David's got your news at 6.30. As uh, we will talk to Zach Collins coming up here and then Merck after 7 o'clock. 6.30 with your news. Here's David Jennings. Listening to White Sox Weekly on the home of the Sox, 720 WGN. 
720 WGN White Sox Weekly. I think this is the moment Zach Collins has always been waiting for to be on White Sox Weekly as a member of the Chicago White Sox, right? That was the dream, not not actually playing in the big leagues and hitting a home run last night? Yeah, that's exactly the dream. I just wanted to be on the radio with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations, man! You you've been you've been working at it for a long time now, and you you got to debut at Wrigley, where you played in high school, and you got to hit a home run in Texas last night. It's not a bad start. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, this last week has been uh, an unbelievable experience. Um, obviously, a dream come true. And, uh, it's been a lot of fun. So I uh, look forward to uh, hopefully a, a lot of years of this and and uh, continuing my career. So you thought you were getting traded when they pulled you out of the game? Uh, that was my first uh, my first thought that popped up when I when I got pulled and stuff because I wasn't on the forty man. I didn't know what happened, so uh, that's that's the only thing I could think of. But um, obviously, getting called up to the big leagues was my second thought. So okay, but that was your first <laughs> thought. I'm, I'm, why would the White Sox ever trade Zach Collins? Zach Collins, come on. I have no clue, but you know, crazy stuff happens. <laughs> Yes, this is a business. Uh, so dads cry, you cry. Your dad, your dad cried hearing about that. Did that bring a tear to your eye? It's okay to be emotional on White Sox Weekly. Uh, a little bit, not it. They didn't come out, but uh, my eyes teared up a little bit. I mean, it was uh, it's a lot of a lot of work that I've gone into this uh, this whole dream and and this uh, this um, I guess you could say journey. Um, it's been 22 years since I, I started playing baseball, and obviously this was the main goal. So. Uh, to reach this and, and to, uh, I guess, become officially a, a Major League Baseball player is pretty cool. So I like asking this question, and it's I guess it's a hard answer, but like, when did you know that you were good enough to do this, that one day you would play in the big leagues? Like, When did that crystallize for you? I don't know if I've asked you that before. Yeah, um, I, I think, I mean, I've always been, I guess, naturally pretty good at baseball, but um, I, I guess it became really serious once uh, like colleges started looking at me and then I realized that I had a chance to be drafted out of high school and then, um, that, that I had a, a pretty decent chance of making a career out of it. And then um, it just continued and I, I kept working hard, kept getting better, and um, here we are. Would you would you say you were getting impatient at AAA? No, no, I wasn't getting impatient. I knew I started things to work on and stuff like that and, Obviously, I felt like I was ready, but um, there's always things you could work on. Um, I was having a lot of fun down there. It's a great team down there and stuff like that. So that was good. Yeah, and you got a ton of major league talent on that roster down there right now. I saw one clip where you said, I don't think there's that big of a difference between you know, AAA and, and, and the majors where you don't think you'll you know, feel that much different being in the box there versus you know, being in the big leagues. Well, would you agree with that after having experienced it? Yeah, I agree with it totally. Um, I mean, it's still guys that are in, in AAA. They're all throwing mid nineties. They're all pretty much have the same stuff. Maybe command is is an issue sometimes, but uh, I mean, it's it's the same game. Yesterday before the, the, the game, we were stretching out in the outfield, and Tim Anderson came up to me and he's like, "Man, just play your game. It's the same thing, just a bigger stadium. That's that's the only difference." So. Um, I mean, it's it's the bright lights here, and, and everything's obviously um, bigger and better and nicer, and um, but it's still the same game in between the lines. How cool is that to have Tim Anderson come up and tell you that? That is sweet. Yeah, it was pretty cool. 
<laughs> did you think he was going to tell you something else? I mean, what did you think he was coming over to say? Or just uh, did he just catch you off guard and then there he's in front of you and saying, hey, you're, you're good? No, yeah. I mean, he just kind of said it. Um, I was good. I wasn't really nervous at all yesterday. I already got that first plate appearance out of the way and stuff. So um, I was good and, and uh, I was ready to go. Were you pleased with the walk at Wrigley? I was. I was. That was a, a pretty cool at bat there in Wrigley. And, and um, overall, it worked out. And it was fun. Yeah, I mean, I'm watching the at bat, and it was a great at bat. Congratulations. That was awesome. But I like the, when you flipped the bat, I was like, is he kind of bummed that he didn't, that he didn't uh, put the ball in play here? That, I wasn't sure. Um, I mean, I obviously want to get it hit, but. Um... Uh, to me, a walk is like a single, and and to have my family there and watch my first play appearance as a big leaguer is it was cool. You guys go out afterwards. Any was there? You guys had an off day the next day, so maybe you, did you have dinner? Yeah, we went to Giordano's, um, <laughs> the classic Chicago pizza. You know how that goes. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a it was a fun experience. That's that's awesome. Did Dad get emotional at dinner? Or was everybody all smiles? No, everybody was all smiles. It was it was a. Uh, all, all good there, and obviously we would have liked to win that, that last game in Wrigley, but um, overall the, the weekend or the week, whatever it was, um, was a great experience. What did you do when Eli went deep? Oh, I was jumping up and down. I was in the bullpen that game. Oh, wow. Um, so I was inside. I wasn't in the dugout, and uh, I was watching on TV, and I just started going crazy. I mean, that, that was a, a pretty cool thing for my first big league game to uh, to see him go go deep against his former team and, and uh, put us uh, up in the ninth to win that game. Did you see his reaction for your homer last night? Have you watched the highlights? Um, I watched the highlights, but I didn't really notice. Right, what did he do? Oh, uh, He had both arms were up in the air. He was he was all loving Zach Collins. It, I loved it. I thought it was cool. Yeah, I mean, he's a great guy. Um, obviously, we played together at high A, double A. Not triple A because he moves a little bit faster than I needed him to, but um, <laughs> he's uh, he's been awesome to me, and, and obviously we've, we've became pretty close friends, and um, he's doing a great job now with us. Conversation continuing with Zach Collins after a quick timeout there. How about that? His first meal after his first plate appearance in the big leagues at Wrigley Field as a member of the White Sox, him and the family going out to Giordano's. Just going for that pizza. That That is a salt-of-the-earth individual right there. I'm going pizza. I'm not thinking about steak. I'm not thinking about surf and turf. We're all going out. We're going to have some stuffed pepperoni, stuffed spinach, stuffed sausage, whatever you, whatever your pleasure, and we're going to celebrate the fact that I made it all the way to the big leagues. That's awesome. All right, more with Zach coming up here, including the fact that he's going to be in the lineup tonight and uh, more on his home run last night as well. White Sox Weekly continuing, 720 WGN. Sox fans, join us on the 4th of July as the Sox take on the Tigers at 1.10 p.m. It's a free t-shirt Thursday. First 10,000 fans in attendance will take home a patriotic White Sox tee. Get your tickets today at WhiteSox.com. As we continue our conversation with Zach Collins, let's just rewind back a second. Last year, Double A Birmingham finished the year with a 382 on-base percentage, 15 homers, he won the Home Run Derby in the Southern League All-Star Game. This year, 48 games, Triple-A Charlotte, Collins 258 the batting average, 382 on base, and the on base plus slugging 497, 9 homers, 9 doubles, 38 RBIs and 35 walks. He really 
He's an on-base guy. He's got a similar, I, well, I don't want to compare anybody to Frank Thomas, but Frank was always willing to take a pitch off the plate even though he had the power. So slightly similar to Frank, at least in that category. But he strikes out too much. 396 Ks in the minors through 322 games, four minor league years. So he's striking out well over one a game, which is, is too many at three last night. But it is the way baseball is going right now, right? You want the launch angle, you want the home runs, and uh, you want guys who will get on base. Zach Collins doing all that. You also want somebody who can play catcher. And having James McCann there to teach Zach Collins along the way here and support him, James McCann's a very unique dude. He's not going to put his own success in front of helping Collins develop. So it's pretty cool, the partnership that's going on right now, and I asked Zach about that and how he's kind of just sort of developed a new best friend. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That guy is uh, is pretty much as good of a guy as you can ask for. Um, anything that I've ever needed or anything that um, I could have ever done better, he's always told me and helped me out um, throughout this whole process in spring training and then here uh, first couple of days in, in Chicago, um, always helping me out and, and uh, having my back, and I think that's uh, that's what you need from a catcher for sure. That's awesome. What what has Ricky told you so far? Uh, well, yesterday he just said uh, he was real, real proud of me. Um, we just got to keep going, keep working, and, and obviously win win games. Do you do you have any sense how much you'll DH versus how much you'll catch first base? Any of that? No, no, I'm not sure. Did, I'm not sure. Does it does it have any impact on an at bat for you where you're playing in the field or if you're DHing? Um, I mean, I do like playing the field a little bit better. Yeah. But um, DHing here is a little bit easier than the minor leagues. You know, you got the cages behind the dugout that you could stay loose. Um, but uh, it's it's uh, DHing is not my favorite. But I'm willing to do whatever the team needs to win. Of course, I, I was going to ask you, like, what's the biggest perk that you've experienced of being in the big leagues so far? Is it the is it the cages, the post game spread, the the flight, the hotel? What would you the paycheck? Although I, I don't know if that changes actually. I'm not, but what would you say? <laughs> I think uh, probably the biggest perk so far is um, probably the flight. Um, I would say uh, like when you're flying private, when you just walk up and you get in the plane, and then the plane is no taxing, no TSA lines or anything like that. Um, that's pretty huge for me. So. Yeah, definitely the uh, the travel. It's unbelievable, right? You're like the president. I walk right on the flight. Don't they like bring you food within five minutes too? Yeah, they bring you food, drinks, pretty much whatever you want. They, I told myself I have to like stay easy on the food because I'll gain fifty pounds in a week <laughs> if I eat everything they they brought. So, <laughs> yeah, that that's that's probably a little bit of a challenge, I assume. All right, who'd you sit with on your first flight? Uh, I sat by myself. But we all get our own row and stuff, but um, we were playing cards and, and stuff on the flight. Um, a bunch of the guys, and it was a lot of fun. Did you win? I did win. I did. Oh, well, this is just really rolling here. We're 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 getting walks at Wrigley. We're hitting bombs in Texas, and we're winning card games. It's uh, I know. I mean, this does it is... get any better? <laughs> I don't know if now it does. We hit a bomb in away. <laughs> yes. Are you uh, are you in the lineup today? I am. I'm catching tonight. Oh wow! So your 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 debut behind the plate. Uh, thoughts? I'm uh, just excited. Um, catching Fispanier, uh, who I caught in AAA, so it should be uh, fairly uh, easy. Or I, I guess uh, I'm, I'm kind of used to him, but um, it should be a fun time. Obviously, 
I, I got my uh, debut already in there, and I feel good. I'm, I'm not nervous at all, so it should be a lot of fun. He's an interesting dude, Despagne. He, he warms up for five minutes, and then on the mound throws eight, and he's ready to roll. Is that how he did it at AAA? Because that's what he did last Sunday. Yeah, he did the same thing in AAA. He's, uh, he's a little bit different, but... Uh, hey, everyone has their routine, and whatever gets them ready for the game is cool with me. No doubt, no doubt. Uh, so, what what do you what do you think about? And I'll I'll get you out of here because you're starting tonight here, Zach. I appreciate the time. Uh, the two or three year catching development—that's what it takes in the big leagues to truly, I guess, uh, really know what you're doing back there. How how you how you looking at that? Um, I feel good with where I'm at right now. Um, obviously, I haven't caught a game in the big leagues yet, but uh, I've learned a lot from my can. I've, uh, we've gone over scouting reports and stuff like that. I'm, I'm going to just go out there and do my thing and learn from everything uh, that goes wrong and learn from everything that goes right. Um, whatever happens, happens. And uh, it's obviously a learning experience here in my first year, and, and uh, I look forward to it. It's awesome. Do you know what you have in common with Josh Fields, Miguel Olivo, and Carlos Lee? I do. <laughs> I do. I learned that last night. What, what do you have in common with them for our listeners who don't know, Zach? Um, we have all hit our first home run and our first at bat um, yep. as a White Sox. All right, and for those confused, the walk is considered a plate appearance, but not an at bat. And then you went deep last night. I I thought that was just an easy nothing swing. You didn't you didn't look like you were trying to take it out of the ballpark. Yeah, that's usually how it looks when it goes. Um, I got to uh, stay easy back there and and uh, just. Um, pretty much put the barrel on the ball, and, and uh, usually it goes pretty well. It, last two, you know that uh, 100 years before you were born, you know who was born on that day? You got that one too? Yep, I do. <laughs> Bo- the Great Bambino. You were born 100 years after the Great Bambino, February 6, 1995, February 6, 1895. That's cool, man. That's right. <laughs> yep, pretty cool. <laughs> It's a weird Looks one, like but I'm gonna take over his legacy. Yeah, there we go. But why not? Let's let's <laughs> let's dream it big here. Uh, you gotta start pitching. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I forgot about that. Right? You'd have you gotta add that into the arsenal too. All right, last one. Uh, when's Dylan C's joining you, Zach Collins? When's he throwing to me? Well, I'm just wondering when well, he's gonna join you up here in the in the big leagues. I know he wants to. Yeah. Um... I'm not sure. Maybe I'll go ask Rick Hahn when he's going to come up, and I'll get back to you on that one. But uh, <laughs> hopefully soon. And um, obviously, Dylan's got some good stuff, and, and uh, he's definitely definitely knows how to compete. So we're looking forward to seeing him up here soon. Yeah. Well, congrats, man. Thanks so much for the time, and have a ton of success tonight. And we'll uh, see you when you get to Guaranteed Right Field. All right. Thanks, Mark. There you go. Zach Collins. How do you not like that guy? I love him embracing the... Babe Ruth, February 6th, 1895. Career on base percentage for Babe Ruth was 474. That's incredible. That means that basically one out of every two times Babe Ruth went to the plate, he at least got on. But Zach Collins, just a reminder, and Chris Kampka does a great job over there at NBC Sports Chicago, he reminded us that uh, in two plate appearances for Zach Collins, he was sitting there at 1,000. He had a walk, and he had a bomb. So that was that was uh, you know Collins was more than double Babe Ruth. Ruth born February sixth, eighteen ninety five. Collins born February sixth, nineteen ninety five.
Was quick question for you out there, by the way. 312-981-7200. Was the Eloy Jimenez home run at Wrigley Field the highlight moment so far of the rebuild? And I'll also put you out there for uh, White Sox fans. We've got a couple seconds here before we get to the top of the hour. 312-981-7200. Are you happy that the netting has been extended all the way down to the foul line? Are you happy about that? Because for me, it's a no-brainer. But I am curious for people that sit down the line, left field, right field, are you happy about this? Uh, we got a couple minutes here. Let me get my guys, King, Scott, checking in here. What's up, King Scott? How are you, Mark? I'm excellent. Our, what question? Which, yeah. which of those two questions would you like me to answer? Either one, my like friend. Either one, my how friend. About, how about both? Okay. Yes, the Jimenez home run was the cornerstone to date of the White Sox resurgence and their path to the next World Series in the city of Chicago. Were you in the park, King Scott? I wasn't. I had tickets, but I had to travel, so okay. I was I was just watching. Okay. But I did hear a lot of people that were in the park, and they said there was quite a few Sox fans and a lot of cheering. I'd say more than quite a few. It was it was a. I mean. Pro Cub crowd, but there was a lot of White Sox fans there. It was 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 there some justice in that being that he was the trade bait for the the, the left hander to win the World Series? I I think of which they did of which they did not win. It, it feels like retribution for Sosa for George Bell to me. You had Sam you had Sammy dominating on the north side forever. Which by the way, like the White Sox fans would never really own that. That it was like painful to watch Sammy somehow, but it had to be right. And here, Eloy's going to do the same damn thing. I, I mean, he's got a great chance at it. Who? Well, I'm not going to say about history. If you don't remember, it will repeat itself. Right. Well, there you go. There you yeah. go. Not the and same. Then as it re- yeah. Go as, ahead. As it to those Nets, it's the most responsible thing to do in baseball. No question. It's a business, and you have to protect your customers. You have to protect your fans. Jerry Reinsdorf is a steely-eyed missile man. He went out amongst the critique and the displeasure of some fans about Nets and made the right, responsible decision. No questions asked. Did you just call Jerry Reinsdorf a steely-eyed missile man? we got to get Jerry on to see what he thinks about that. That could be, that's like next level right there. Steely- He's a leader among leaders in sports ownership and everyone will follow major league baseball will make everyone follow if they don't do uh so uh voluntarily before the end of the year mark my work all right king scott you're the man appreciate you checking in go white Sox. yeah we we got it we got it thank you steely eyed missile man jerry ryan's i don't know about the missile man that seems a little too violent just a steely-eyed uh, appreciator of his fans, wanting to keep him safe. That feels more, I don't know, closer. i got to work on that. That wasn't good enough either. All right, quick timeout. We're going to get you into news, and then Scott Merkin will join me uh, from the ballpark down in Texas as uh, it's now Globe Life Field. used to be the ballpark in Arlington. We'll, uh, we will have some fun with Merck coming up after 7 o'clock. News is next, 720 WGN. It's great to be back with WGN. It's White Sox Weekly on the official radio station of the Chicago White Sox. 720 WGN. Now being called the Steely Eye Missile Man. 
Jerry Reinsdorf. I don't know how he feels about that. But yes, great to have you, Jerry Reinsdorf, on our on 720 WGN. We're going to talk to Scott Merkin, the leader, the legend. Been covering the White Sox since the White Sox started uh, in a matter of moments here. But learn from the pros first. Uh, that's this summer at a White Sox summer camp. I'm thinking about going myself. It starts at $149. Kids ages 5 to 12 can register for a camp. That's a little bit of a problem for me. But not for you if you're between 5 and 12. At any of our 30 locations, all participants receive a White Sox hat, a T-shirt, four game tickets, and an exclusive look at Guaranteed Rate Field. Register today at whitesox.com slash play. I really just want to go to camp again. Uh, but let's talk to Scott Merkin. MLB.com joining us uh, from... Is it a, a humid uh, Texas tonight here, Scott Burke? Are we going to have a rain delay tonight? What do you got? Not that I've heard of, but it is, uh, as usual, boiling hot in Texas. You know, you get past uh, June 1st, and you can pretty much forget, a fine, about, forget, forget about finding any comfort out here. And it has been, uh, I think it was like 93 at first pitch last night, and probably be a little less tonight. Okay. So let's talk about Zach Collins. What are the White Sox going to do with Zach Collins, Merck? Is he, uh, I, I'm guessing that he'll catch twice a week, play first base once a week, DH once a week, that sounds about what they'll do? What do you think? Yeah, I think I think you pretty much nailed it. I think this is the guy, this is the position that he probably is going to have moving forward as part of the White Sox, and then he's going to be a guy who does a little bit of everything. You know, I don't know if he'll end up being their primary catcher, but he certainly will be a guy who can contribute and can contribute on a daily basis. You know, So tonight he's out there catching, which makes sense because you know, it would be – Borderline inhuman to make James McCann catch all three of these games in this heat, especially with a eight o'clock start tonight Central Time and then a two o'clock start tomorrow Central Time. So it's a pretty quick turnaround. So he's going to get that opportunity. And you know, uh, Ricky Retria said before the game today they continue working on him with him in first, and you know he may get a start out there. But I think you know, probably for the most part, it'll be catcher and DH, and then with a spot start here or there at first base. Okay. All right. I mean he. We had him on uh, White Sox Weekly today, and he made it pretty clear that he's happy to do whatever, of course. But oh, he, sure. Yeah, but, I think if it means a bad, he'll play second base if he has to, right? You know, I mean, just to uh, – but, you know, he did have, what, I think somewhere around 10 starts, 15 starts for Charlotte at first base. I'm I'm pretty sure the um, – I was there in April to see Dylan Cease pitch in Indianapolis, and um, – he started first base, I believe, the Saturday night game that I watched. And, you know, he's he's learning. Joe McEwing is working with him. So, as, as is a lot of the case in the rebuild, it's kind of a it's a work in progress. And that's just one aspect of it. But I think he, he showed you in that first at-bat last night, his first major league at-bat second plate appearance, what he can do and how he can really – turn around a game. You know, I mean, the, the momentum was completely Texas. I'd, even in the first inning, Mazar hit that one 105 feet and People are thinking, well, here we go again. Lopez has struggled all year. This is going to be a blowout. And then with one blowout with one swing of the bat against uh, Gerardo, he changed it and hit that three-run homer. So that, that that's what, you know, he may not be a, a 310 hitter or anything like that, but he's going to be a guy who can really turn games around, I think, with one or two swings. So you think he's here for the for the long haul, right, assuming he doesn't completely fall on his face. But they're not, they're not looking. Know, I mean, go ahead. Uh, let's go ahead. Sorry uh, about that. I'm just saying they're not looking to – Bring Wellington back and say, "Hey, you were just here for ten days. Uh, we'll, we'll see you, you know, in September or something like that." You know, I don't want to speak for them on that. I, I'm sure there's some small part in their mind that that could happen. But you know, first of all, Castillo's injury—who knows how long that's going to take for him to get completely healthy and get ready to go? Right. But I do think that 
you know, he was brought up here with the intention of keeping him up here. And that's something that Rick kind of talked a lot about with these prospects and why people, I think, fans get frustrated in that, you know, they want him up here yesterday, but he they're trying to build guys who, when they get up here, can find sustained success. You know, I mean, obviously that's not a guarantee. Rick has used the story countless times about Aaron Rowan and Joe Creedy had to, you know, go back to the minor that they came up and came back and did pretty darn well in 2005 beyond and beyond, if people remember, right? But, you know, they're trying to avoid that. They're trying to get these guys prepared. And I think another key thing is getting these guys prepared to handle failure, too. You know, it's kind of a, a double-edged coin there, and or double-sided coin, double-edged sword, one or the other. You got it. Um, so, so, you know, they're, uh, somewhere in there I got it, I think. So I think it's, it's a combination <laughs> of things. But I think the fact that they came up, now granted, you can say, you know, they're not making moves due to injury. Well, they did in this case because Castillo got hurt and they brought him up. But I do believe they felt he was ready for sustained success and being able to handle the whole thing the rest of the year when they brought him up. Now, whether that'll happen, that still remains to be seen. But I would bet I would bet yes on that one. He's a confident kid, Zach Collins, right? I very mean... much. <laughs> and very, you know, good-natured, laid back. I mean, just kind of, you know, good quote, too, which we all love. And, you know, talked about how when he hit the home run last night, he ran around the bases and, he couldn't believe it, and he had to make sure it wasn't a dream. It'd be a pretty cool dream, one. I'm sure he's had that dream before, actually. And you know, he, I, I heard that he got the ball back, and it's, it's, he is. He, I mean, he's a quietly confident kid. He's not very brash. He's just, you know, he's, he's a, he's a good laid back kid who knows. Yeah, you know, I, I talked to him here. Here's an example. I talked to him in the um, instructional league this October, and he told me at that point he wanted to break camp with the team. And I thought I even like went back. I said, you mean you want to make the team this year? And he said, no, I want to break camp. You know, he said, I'm going to set my goals high. And, you know, I joked with him when he got to Wrigley that it was pretty, it wasn't too far off, you know, and ended up in June instead of April or Mar- late March, I guess. But he did it. He did a pretty good job of getting here. And yeah, you know, he's a number one pick for a reason. It's refreshing almost just to hear somebody who's, it's, 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 if you read the quote, it almost seems cocky. But when you listen to him talk and, and you get to know him a little bit, it's, it's not cocky. It's just kind of a sort of a grounded confidence is how I would put it more than anything else. I, I, yeah, like I said, yeah, I, I think White Sox fans are going to love him. I think they do already, but they once they get to know him even a little more, you know, very laid back kid, very good natured, and you know, if you're not confident in this game, you're probably not going to last very long, right? I mean, you have to at least not be cocky, believe that your abilities are better or as good as any everyone else's, so you can last here. So I think that's a that's a good thing to have, but also very likable. Like I said, you know, very kind of low key, good humored kid. All right, I don't want to make this whole interview about Zach Collins, although I'm, I guess I'm crushing on <laughs> Zach Collins right now. Let's let's, let's move through uh, some guys. Uh, what, what what do you think is going on with Ronaldo Lopez? Merck Scott Merkin joining us, MLB.com. I mean, he, I thought he pitched uh, you know fairly well last night, but it's certainly been an up and down year. Are, how concerned do you think the White Sox are with Lopez right now? Well, I mean, you got to be concerned when he, you know among all the qualifiers in baseball, he's got the highest ERA, which I think you know the White Sox had some experience going through that with Lucas Giolito in 2018. And, you know, I, I think his, his location hasn't been great, especially with his fastball. And he just hasn't had, you know, I, I don't know if he's had the confidence that he had last year. And he talked to us that last night about first two innings didn't look good. You know, you have the home run to Mazzara. Uh, Rudin Odor hit another long home run, and yeah. that tied the game up after Collins hit the home run. But then he settled down and went uh, being a third scoreless after that. And he, he's more aggressive. He said he's got to do that from the beginning. And I think that's part of the issue with him. The talent is there with him. But, you know, it's an interesting time, uh, Mark, because you go through all this, and as part of the rebuild, you find out what you have, right? And last year, the last seven or eight starts, Lopez looked like he could be a number two, number three guy in the rotation. 
now it doesn't look quite at that level, but there's still a lot left this season. But eventually you're going to have to figure out who your four or five guys are, right? Because unless you want to do things completely different from baseball history, you're not going to have an eight or nine man rotation. So some of these guys are going to end up being valuable pieces in the bullpen. And I'm not saying that's going to be Lopez, but I'm just saying you see, you know, Giolito, for example, had a, a you know, an awful year last year, but went after it this off season. Kudos to him, got it fixed, and has been great this year. So it's, it's a, it's, these opportunities are key for these young guys, not just to get the experience in the big league level before, you know, they really start believing they can be a contender, although they're not probably too far off even this year in the American League, but to show where they fit as they go forward. Scott Merkin, MLB.com, with us here, White Sox Weekly, 720 WGN. What's your sense on what they'll do with Colomay, Merck? You know, we're just talking about that in the press box, actually, uh, but, but a little bit before you called it. I, I, here's the the scenario I've played out and, and given to everyone when I've had mass about this. Let's say you own a, a piece of property that you that you you know will sell at some point. You're in no rush to sell it, and someone comes to you and says, "Listen, I want to buy that land. I need that land," and you say, "Okay, here's my asking price," and you go maybe two or three times over what what it's what it might be worth. And they say, okay, we'll do it. Well, then you sell it, right? But if they don't, you can afford to keep it and, you know, let it, you know, develop and grow, you know, w- with you there. Now, Calme obviously has got a high value to begin with, so I don't know if you're going to be able to go like two or three times over his value to get something. But I think with his control next year, with just the greatness he brings it. And I'll tell you what, the, the thing that's a little bit overlooked is how much Calme and Herrera kind of feed into the young relievers down there and how much they trust those guys and kind of work with those guys besides Dan Cooper and Kurt Hassler. So you got contractual control over him in 2020. So there's no reason to kind of just move him to move him. Now I think if Rick Hahn moves him, it's going to be for a very significant, you know, a significant piece in the realm of what the trade could be. You're not trading four guys as Calame, but there's no reason to kind of force it. So I think he stays. To make a long, long answer short, I think he stays. Interesting. Do you think there's any scenario where they would go to Jose Abreu and say, "Hey, X team is willing to pay this for you"? This is great for us, uh, and we think it's great for you. You got a chance to win a World Series, and I promise you, Jose Abreu, the highest offer you're going to have in the off season is going to be from us. We want you back. Do you think, is that remotely possible in your mind? Well, I think you never say never, anything like that. But I would be just to make this, uh, unlike my column A answer, succinct. I do not see Jose Abreu being traded by the White Sox, but right. you never say never in any kind of scenario. Fair enough. Okay. I I mean that that to me would be having your cake and eating it too. If you if if some you hey man, you get a chance to play for a World Series contender, we're bringing you back and we hope to be in the playoffs next year and and you get a sweet piece for him. I mean, I don't know how much Abreu's trade. Well, I think I yeah. think something like that played along the lines of if I remember the stories, I didn't cover the team, but like when Samarja was traded. He was traded to Oakland, right? Is that right? Yeah, when, that's, uh, that's when the right. Cubs traded him, sure. And I think the Cubs, you know, the story that said, you know, hey, you should come back when we're ready to to go for it. And you know, you look at the the Sox traded Jim Tomey, you know, at the end of his run, the Sox to give him a shot at the playoffs. They traded uh, Adam Dunn to give him a shot too, you know, at the playoffs, and what ended up being his last year. But yeah, you know, I, I think that's possible. But I mean. In the same sense, I mean, Jose, you know, if you're going to make a guarantee for that, you might have to sign the guy, right? I mean, I, I just think he's too valuable on this team in so many ways, besides being a, a good middle of the order. That, again, I think he's even a step above 
asking for Colin May. That would have to be something that really knocked them over, and I, I just don't think that's going to happen. I think they're going to they're hang on to Jose Abreu, and I think they're going to extend Jose Abreu. That's just my opinion. Fair enough. No, I, I mean, I agree with you. I, if I had to bet on it, hang on, extend, and uh, and I think all that's a very fair and wise thing to do. Uh, but I just, you know, you know, Merck, I, I like to go for the home run ball here, and 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 perhaps sure, why not? Why, why not? Uh, is there any chance in your mind before we uh, let you go here and get you get back to doing what you do up there, Merck? John Jay, it's been a long time coming here for him to make it here. I'm wondering if, there, in your mind, if there's any chance that he never makes it to the White Sox and they just release him. No, I don't think they release him. I don't think they went through all this rehab just to release him. I mean. I, again, I guess you could play out any scenario in your mind, but I think he's going to come back, and I think it probably won't be too long. If you look at it, I think he's got like – I didn't look at today's action yet, but I think he had like 11 hits in his last 18 at-bats for Charlotte, and he's close to like 50-some at-bats with just Charlotte alone, and he get another 10 with Birmingham, and that's not even counting the work he put in an extended spring. So he's got to be getting pretty close to coming back. And, you know, they signed him for a reason – you know, to kind of help out these young guys too. And, and, you know, I don't want to say hold the place, but, you know, play this year while the other young outfielders are developing. So I, I think he will, you know, when he's healthy, he'll be back with the Whites, or he will be with the Whites. I think he's back if you count spring training too. Okay. They're going to send out Ryan Cordell? I, I mean, who knows? If they have. I guess it just depends on what they want to keep and what they need at that point. But I, I, I do think he will be a part of the team if when healthy. And let's assume everything can do is going straight and, no setbacks and no health issues whatsoever, which looks good so far from the numbers of Charlotte. Yeah. Uh, well, look, they're they're hanging around the second wild card, so and he's a veteran and perhaps will help. I just would rather give the at bats to young players myself, but I get it. Uh, they signed him and he's here, and 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 maybe he'll fetch you something as well at the deadline. Who knows? Merck, you're the best. Always great to talk to you, my friend. And thanks for jumping on White Sox Weekly. Enjoy the game tonight. We'll be reading you. Okay. Anytime. Thanks, Merck. Scott Merkin. MLB.com. Hey, Sox fans, join us on Saturday, June 29th, 3 12 in the afternoon as your White Sox take on the Twins. The first 10,000 fans, ages 21 and over, receive a White Sox 3 1 2 hat. It's presented by Goose Island Beer Company. Goose Island, Chicago's beer. Purchase tickets today by visiting whitesox.com or calling 866 Sox Game. We'll do our weekend review to wrap up the show. That is next, 720 WGN. White Sox Weekly, 720 WGN. White Sox pregame coming up at the bottom of the hour. Yours truly filling in on that one today. Andy Mazur will have the call tonight alongside Darren Jackson, White Sox, and the Texas Rangers. And come see your Chicago White Sox take on the Detroit Tigers Wednesday, July 3rd. That is a 7-10 first pitch. All fans are invited to stay for a postgame fireworks show. It's presented by the Village of Bedford Park. Bring your business home with the Village of Bedford Park and win big. Purchase tickets today by visiting whitesox.com or calling 866-SOX-GAME. All right, let's do our week in review. And what a week this one has been, right? The Yankees were in here over the weekend, four-game set at Guaranteed Rate Field. And then you had the off day, two with the Cubs, and then one with Texas last night. It included the debut of Zach Collins. But let's go back to Sunday versus the Yankees. That was a 10-3 New York win as the Yankees were able to split the series. But it did start out well for the White Sox. 1-1. Laced into left field. Backing up now is Maven looking up, and it's gone. That didn't get more than 25 or 30 feet off the ground, but it had enough to carry into the bullpen. 
And the White Sox strike first. It's one to nothing. Yep, that was Abreu getting him on the board about three rows deep there. And the White Sox, uh, look good for a moment there. But then uh, Despagne, who's pitching tonight, uh, did not uh, handle the Yankees lineup particularly well that day. 10-3 Yanks. Off day on Monday. Then it was off to Wrigley Field. It was 1-1. It was the ninth inning. The leadoff man was on. And then it was Aloy Jimenez. High fly ball into deep left field. Schwarber turns and looks, and it's gone. Eloy Jimenez has just hit a two-run bomb. And it's 3-1 to White Sox. Jimenez floats around the bases here at Wrigley Field in his first ever game against his former team. I don't think his feet have touched the ground yet. There will not be a better feeling for him. He will remember that home run. It's just one you just want to remind your former mates, look what I can do. He will remember it. White Sox fans will remember it. Cubs fans will remember it. Uh, Yeah, that was awesome. 3-1 White Sox win on Tuesday. Wednesday, Cubs came back and were able to get a 7-3 win. Uh, But that one was going back and forth, and Yohan Moncada in the middle of it. The 3-2 pitch on the way. Ground ball down the third baseline. Fair ball. It's heading towards the corner. Racing home. Jimenez, he'll score. Racing around second and slamming on the brakes. Moncada, an RBI double. It is now a 5-3 Cubs lead. Yep, they were making their comeback. And Yohan Moncada's been playing some great baseball. Good to see him back healthy. Uh, as the back issues seem to be well in the rearview mirror. Off day on Thursday, travel day down to Texas, and a back-and-forth game last night with the Rangers. They were down, White Sox were down early, and Zach Collins said, enough with that. You know, for Zach Collins, we're pulling for him here. But I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll settle for a single and an RBI. Yeah, that'd be great, too. Shh, don't tell anybody I said okay, that. I won't. And he hits one in the air, deep right center field. Turning and watching is Santana, and it's gone. A three-run bomb. Welcome to the big league, Zach Collins. And it's a 3-2 White Sox lead. That was easy power right there from Zach Collins as he was able to dial up a three-run shot, and that was just uh, that was awesome to see. What a, what a week for him, right? Wrigley Field, and then last night a three-run homer as the White Sox went on and beat the Rangers by a score of 5-4. to four. Let's uh, do our thank yous today. A lot of action on the show today. Thank you to Scott Merkin for joining us from the ballpark. Rich King down at the ballpark as well. Uh, Rich on the road in Texas. Always good to have Rich on the show. Zach Collins joined White Sox Weekly today, as did Nick Madrigal. Curtis Koch produced the thing. Curtis is just an incredible young man with just blazing talent. It's it's it's. It, I don't know what else to say about you, Curtis, but congratulations, you helped out a ton today, as per usual, doing uh, our Blackhawks show as well. Hope you enjoyed that, and uh, we thank everybody for listening, texting, and calling. White Sox and Rangers coming up, and uh, we are getting into the, the you know we're we're, we're cruising towards the All Star break now. It's getting late, and just a, re- a reminder. Uh, after the Sox and the Rangers, they're going to go play three with the Red Sox. Always fun to go to Boston, right? Uh, two night games on Monday and Tuesday, and then a day game Wednesday afternoon. And the Sox coming back home after an off day on Thursday. 
And the Minnesota Twins will be at Guaranteed Rate Field. Twins, obviously, way out in front of the division, but uh, so you know, it'll be good for the Sox after matching up with the Twins up in Minnesota, and that didn't go particularly well at all. I'll see if they can account for themselves a little bit better uh, when the Twins come on in here. Thank you so much for listening. White Sox pregame is straight ahead. This has been White Sox Weekly on 720 WGN.